chapter twenty four part two of supplements to the second book from the world as will and idea volume three by arthur schopenhauer translated by r b haldane and j kemp this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter twenty four on matter part two our wonder at the origin of forms in matter is at bottom like that of the savage who looks for the first time in a mirror and marvels at his own image which he sees there for our own inner nature is the will whose mere visibility is matter yet matter never appears otherwise than with the visible that is under the outer shell of form and quality and therefore is never directly apprehended but always merely added in thought as that which is identical in all things under all differences of quality and form on this account it is more a metaphysical than a physical principle of explanation of things and to make all existences arise from it is really to explain them from something which is very mysterious which all know it to be except those who confound attacking with comprehending in truth the ultimate and exhaustive explanation of things is by no means to be sought in matter although certainly the temporal origin both of unorganized forms and of organized beings is to be sought in it yet it seems that the origination of organized forms the production of the species themselves is almost as difficult for nature to accomplish as it is for us to comprehend this is indicated by the entirely extravagant provision which nature always makes for maintaining the species which once exist yet on the present surface of this planet the will to live has gone through the scale of its objectification three times quite independently of each other in a different modulation and also with great difference of perfection and fullness the old world america and australia have it is well known each their peculiar independent fauna entirely different from that of the other two upon each of these great continents the species are throughout different but yet because all three belong to the same planet they have a thorough analogy with each other running parallel through them therefore the genera are for the most part the same in australia this analogy can only be very imperfectly followed because its fauna is very poor in mammalia and contains neither beasts of prey nor apes on the other hand between the old world and america it is obvious and in the following manner in mammals america always produces the inferior analogue but in birds and reptiles the better thus it has the advantage in the condor the macaw the hummingbird and the largest batrachia and ophidia but for example instead of the elephant it has only the tapir instead of the lion the puma instead of the tiger the jaguar instead of the camel the llama and instead of apes proper only monkeys even from this last defect it may be concluded that in america nature was not able to rise to man for even from the nearest grade below man the chimpanzee and the orangutan or pongo the step to man was still an excessively great one correspondingly we find that the three races of men which both upon physiological and linguistic grounds are undoubtedly equally original the caucasian the mongolian and the ethiopian are only at home in the old world 
while america on the other hand is peopled by a mixed or climatically modified mongolian race which must have come over from asia on the surface of the earth which immediately preceded the present surface apes were reached here and there but not men from this standpoint of our consideration which shows us matter as the direct visibility of the will which manifests itself in all things nay indeed for the merely physical investigation which follows the guidance of time and causality lets it pass as the origin of things we are easily led to the question whether even in philosophy we could not just as well start from the objective as from the subjective side and accordingly set up as the fundamental truth the proposition there is in general nothing but matter and its indwelling forces but with regard to these indwelling forces here so easily used we must remember that their assumption leads every explanation back to a completely incomprehensible miracle and then leaves it beside it or rather leaves it to begin from it for every definite and explicable force of nature which lies at the foundation of the most different kinds of effects of an unorganized body not less than the vital force which manifests itself in every organized body is such an incomprehensible miracle as i have fully explained in chapter seventeen and have also shown that physics can never be set upon the throne of metaphysics just because it leaves quite untouched the assumption referred to and also many others whereby from the beginning it renounces all claim to give an ultimate explanation of things i must further remind the reader here of the proof of the insufficiency of materialism which is given towards the end of the first chapter because as was said there it is the philosophy of the subject which forgets itself in its calculation but all these truths rest upon the fact that everything objective everything external since it is always only something apprehended something known remains also always indirect and secondary therefore absolutely never can become the ultimate ground of explanation of things or the starting point of philosophy philosophy necessarily requires what is absolutely immediate for its starting point but clearly only that which is given in self-consciousness fulfils this condition that which is within the subjective and hence it is so eminent a merit of descartes that he first made philosophy start from self-consciousness since then upon this path the genuine philosophers especially locke berkeley and kant have gone even further each in his own manner and in consequence of their investigations i was led to recognize and make use not of one but of two completely different data of immediate knowledge and self-consciousness the idea and the will by the combined application of which one can go further in philosophy in the same proportion as in the case of an algebraical problem one can accomplish more if two known quantities are given than if only one is given in accordance with what has been said the ineradicable falseness of materialism primarily consists in the fact that it starts from a petitio principii which when more closely considered turns out indeed to be a proton pseudas it starts from the assumption that matter is something absolutely and unconditionally given something existing independently of the knowledge of the subject thus really a thing in itself 
it attributes to matter and consequently also to its presuppositions time and space an absolute existence that is an existence independent of the perceiving subject this is its fundamental error then if it will go honestly to work it must leave the qualities inherent in the given materials that is in the substances together with the natural forces which manifest themselves in these and finally also the vital force unexplained as unfathomable qualitates occultae and start from them as physics and physiology actually do because they make no claim to be the ultimate explanation of things but just to avoid this materialism at least as it has hitherto appeared has not proceeded honestly it denies all those original forces for it pretends and seems to reduce them all and ultimately also the vital force to the mere mechanical activity of matter thus to manifestations of impenetrability form cohesion impulsive power inertia gravity etc qualities which certainly have least that is inexplicable in themselves just because they partly depend upon what is known a priori consequently on the forms of our own intellect which are the principle of all comprehensibility but the intellect as the condition of all objects and consequently of the whole phenomenal world is entirely ignored by materialism its plan is now to refer everything qualitative to something merely quantitative for it attributes the former to mere form in opposition to matter proper to matter it leaves of the properly empirical qualities only gravity because it already appears as something quantitative the only measure of the quantity of the matter this path necessarily leads it to the fiction of atoms which now become the material out of which it thinks to construct the mysterious manifestations of all original forces but here it has really no longer to do with empirically given matter but with a matter which is not to be found in rerum natura but is rather a mere abstraction of that real matter a matter which would absolutely have no other than those mechanical qualities which with the exception of gravity can be pretty well construed a priori just because they depend upon the forms of space time and causality and consequently upon our intellect to this poor material then it finds itself reduced for the construction of its castle in the air in this way it inevitably becomes atomism as happened to it already in its childhood in the hands of leucippus and democritus and happens to it again now that it has come to a second childhood through age with the french because they have never known the kantian philosophy and with the germans because they have forgotten it and indeed it carries it further in this its second childhood than in its first not merely solid bodies are supposed to consist of atoms but liquids water air gas nay even light which is supposed to be the undulations of a completely hypothetical and altogether unproved ether consisting of atoms the difference of the rapidity of these undulations causing colours this is an hypothesis which like the earlier newtonian seven-colour theory starts from an analogy with music entirely arbitrarily assumed and then violently carried out one must really be credulous to an unheard-of degree to let oneself be persuaded that the innumerable different ether vibrations proceeding from the infinite multiplicity of coloured surfaces in this varied world 
could constantly and each in its own time run through and everywhere cross each other without ever disturbing each other but should rather produce through such tumult and confusion the profoundly peaceful aspect of illumined nature and art credat judaeus appella certainly the nature of light is to us a secret but it is better to confess this than to bar the way of future knowledge by bad theories that light is something quite different from a mere mechanical movement undulation or vibration and tremor indeed that it is material is shown by its chemical effects a beautiful series of which was recently laid before the academy de sciences by chevreul who let sunlight act upon different coloured materials the most beautiful thing in these experiments is that a white roll of paper which has been exposed to the sunlight exhibits the same effects nay does so even after six months if during this time it has been secured in a firmly closed metal tube has then the tremulation paused for six months and does it now fall into time again this whole hypothesis of vibrating ether atoms is not only a chimera but equals in awkward crudeness the worst of democritus and yet is shameless enough at the present day to profess to be an established fact and has thus brought it about that it is orthodoxly repeated by a thousand stupid scribblers of all kinds who are devoid of all knowledge of such things and is believed in as a gospel but the doctrine of atoms in general goes still further it is soon a case of spartam quam noctus es orna different perpetual motions are then ascribed to all the atoms revolving vibrating etc according to the office of each in the same way every atom has its atmosphere of ether or something else and whatever other similar fancies there may be the fancies of schelling's philosophy of nature and its disciples were for the most part ingenious lofty or at least witty but these on the contrary are clumsy insipid paltry and awkward the production of minds which in the first place are unable to think any other reality than a fabulous qualityless matter which is also an absolute object that is an object without a subject and secondly can think of no other activity than motion and impact these two alone are comprehensible to them and that everything runs back to these is their a priori assumption for these are their thing in itself to attain to this end the vital force is reduced to chemical forces which are insidiously and unjustifiably called molecular forces and all processes of unorganized nature to mechanism that is to action and reaction and thus at last the whole world and everything in it becomes merely a piece of mechanical ingenuity like the toys worked by levers wheels and sand which represent a mine or the work on a farm the source of the evil is that through the amount of handwork which experimenting requires the headwork of thinking has been allowed to get out of practice the crucible and the voltaic pile are supposed to assume its functions hence also the profound abhorrence of all philosophy but the matter might be put in this way one might say that materialism as it has hitherto appeared has only failed because it did not adequately know the matter out of which it thought to construct the world and therefore was dealing not with matter itself but with a propertyless substitute for it if on the contrary instead of this 
it had taken the actual and empirically given matter that is material substance or rather substances endowed as it is with all physical chemical electrical properties and also with the power of spontaneously producing life out of itself thus the true mater rerum from the obscurity of whose womb all phenomena and forms come forth to fall back into it some time again from this that is from matter fully comprehended and exhaustively known a world might have been constructed of which materialism would not need to be ashamed quite true only the trick would then consist in this that the quaesita had been placed in the data for professedly what was taken as given and made the starting point of the deduction was mere matter but really it included all the mysterious forces of nature which cling to it or more correctly by means of it become visible to us much the same as if under the name of the dish we understand what lies upon it for in fact for our knowledge matter is really merely the vehicle of the qualities and natural forces which appear as its accidents and just because i have traced these back to the will i call matter the mere visibility of the will stripped of all these qualities matter remains behind as that which is without qualities the caput mortum of nature out of which nothing can honestly be made if on the contrary in the manner referred to one leaves it all these properties one is guilty of a concealed petitio principii for one has assumed the quaesita beforehand as data but what is accomplished with this will no longer be a proper materialism but merely naturalism that is an absolute system of physics which as was shown in chapter seventeen already referred to can never assume and fill the place of metaphysics just because it only begins after so many assumptions thus never undertakes to explain things from the foundation mere naturalism is therefore essentially based simply upon qualitates occultae which one can never get beyond except as i have done by calling in the aid of the subjective source of knowledge which then certainly leads to the long and toilsome roundabout path of metaphysics for it presupposes the complete analysis of self-consciousness and of the intellect and will given in it however the starting from what is objective at the foundation of which lies external perception so distinct and comprehensible is a path so natural and which presents itself of its own accord to man that naturalism and consequently because this cannot satisfy as it is not exhaustive materialism are systems to which the speculative reason must necessarily have come nay must have come first of all therefore at the very beginning of the history of philosophy we meet naturalism in the systems of the ionic philosophers and then materialism in the teaching of leucippus and democritus and also later we see them ever appear anew from time to time end of chapter twenty four recording by expatriate in bangor maine